And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. All right, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. It's the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts, Kevin Frazier, DKM, and Cap. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast. I'm your host, Cal, and with me, right above me, you'll see Mr. DKM. And right over here, You've got the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Frazier. Gentlemen, welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast. How are you? Hey, hey, look at that belt. Woo! <laughs> Come back to me. Come to me. <laughs> that is such a beautiful title, uh-huh. man. That is such a beautiful belt. I, mm. I, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, um, you know that that the the last version of the NWA title, that red belt, red leather. You know, I'm a sucker for red yeah. leather on a belt. It was a nice looking belt, but nothing, and I repeat, nothing beats that All Star Championship belt. And uh, it, you know, that that was my favorite belt designed by All Star Championship belts, and that was definitely a a really good looking title. We need to come up. I'm, maybe I need to come up with a name for it. Yeah, it doesn't have a name. It hasn't been a name yet. Well, I've always mm. just called it the All Star Belt because, well, it's, it, it was the mm. it was the All Star Belt. Mm. But oh, since it oh, spent oh. so much time in the great state of Texas, and now it lives in the great state of Texas, um, yeah, we'll have to think. Of, we're gonna have to think that one through and figure out figure out a name for for that belt. It, it you know what compliments that belt the best was my waist. <laughs> yes, that. Was- Yes, sir. You know, and it was it was funny because before they made that belt, and and Devin Devin and I have known each other for such a long time, he could back me up on this. I was a mark for that Cloverleaf title that uh, Craig Classic had. Yeah. Like I just yeah. I I don't know why. I just loved that design that belt so much. It was one of those things where it was so ugly it was charming. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And I, I just some wrestlers that are so ugly they're charming. <laughs> That was my uh, nickname in high school. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We got jokes tonight. That, that's all I got, man. That's all. That's who I am. Um, so this is a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the United Wrestling Network and the National Wrestling Alliance. And we're here to talk to you, that hashtag NWA fam. Yes, we're here to talk about wrestling and we're not just talking about primetime live but we're talking about championship wrestling from hollywood we're talking about nwa power uh when that comes back we're talking about where the champions are taking their titles and defending them all across the country because that's what we do that's what we've been doing since about 2008 
And that's what we will continue to do week in, week out, every Thursday night here, wherever you're watching us, at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 7, 7 p.m. Pacific. And uh, DK, I just want to say, man, how are you? How are you doing? Well, on me, it was always good to be me. And and Champ, how are you doing? I, I know you got some good news. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, taking it one day at a time, uh, living the living the high life out here in Florida. Uh, and as everybody's getting ready to enter into their their uh, winter season, and actually, Jay, you're probably spoiled in the same way. We're coming into the most beautiful time of the year for us out here in Florida. <laughs> I'm uh. I'm telling you, like, uh, it, it's finally the, the temperature's broken, and now we're in the 80s, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're Texas. We're 91 day, 71 the next day, <laughs> 93 the day after that, then 84. I mean, just... <laughs> we... Oh my gosh! My Google phone, you know, always tells me what the temp's going to be the next day, and if there's a variance of more than four degrees, it lets me know what the variance is. And so you'll see things like twelve degrees colder than today, seventeen degrees hotter <laughs> than today. Yeah, that's, sec- that's yeah, Texas, baby. Texas. Sure is. Well, I always tell people when they ask me about Texas, you don't go there for the weather, you don't go there for the scenery. You go there for the great people because that's the best part about Texas. I was and the food. And for the and the food. Well, it's funny that you bring up the the change in weather, Kev, because I want to just let everyone know if they head to the alliance-wrestling.com website and go click on the merch button, you could get yourself a nice sweater, a hoodie with what? that Alliance Wrestling logo on it. I I feel 10 times better looking. And it certainly hides my gut, so I'm all for it. And I think if uh, if you want to support the show, if you're enjoying this podcast, and with like a nice comfy sweater like I'm wearing, uh, again, visit thealliance-wrestling.com and get one just for yourself. So we normally will sit here and talk about uh, Primetime Live, and we are going to get to Primetime Live here in a minute. But I just wanted to talk about a weird dichotomy. Uh, a weird parallel uh, universe that we're living in here. When one TV champion loses his title, another TV champion loses his title. And I know we're jumping ahead for the main event on Primetime Live, but I do want to point out that Dan Joseph, who had a great match at the last pay-per-view defending his title against Dom Kubrick, and one match that I thought was very a very good match, um, we had our complaints about the match, but there was a lot of good to that match. Dan Joseph loses that title this week, on, this past weekend on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood to Levi Shapiro. And boy, it's howdy. So a title changes hand in the United Wrestling Network, and then the NWA champion comes into town, Zicky Dice, and he ends up losing his title. Kev, you're, you're a former champion. What do you make of all these title changes? What's going on? Well, I think you have a, we're in a we are we are in kind of a state of flux right now, especially with the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, with the United Wrestling Network, with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I, I put it all together because now you have the the world title coming out with uh, the United Wrestling Network, 
And I just think right now you, you have these companies kind of repositioning themselves for what what their future looks like. Um, you know, we, we are getting ready for, you know, we're kind of about to turn the corner into the biggest time of the year for professional wrestling. Once the first of the year comes around, it kind of, the, the buzz for wrestling starts to go through the roof. And um, we don't know what that's going to look like this year, but I think I think everybody again is starting to try to position themselves for uh, for some big stories and some big some big things that are probably planned out uh, because fans are starting to come back to the to arenas and events uh, and even if they're not these companies start to figure out ways to get content and get uh, you know pro- their product out so I think they're just everybody's kind of starting to position themselves and and. Um, I, I, that would be my guess, though I don't have any personal contact with any of these promoters. Uh, that would be my guess, just um, just kind of reading the reading the, the writing on the wall. So, DK, I mean, what were your thoughts? We had two titles change hands in a relatively short time. Now I know those are two different wrestling promotions, but what were your thoughts on that? Well, I did find it interesting that it was both the TV titles that changed hands. And so, and you know, we just recently had the national title also. And, you know, I'm going to blame it on COVID. I think the champions got a little too relaxed <laughs> in France and the challengers got a little long. Well, I mean, like, look. You're... I think Devin brings up another great point. Yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you off. He does no. bring up another great point because now that things are starting to stir up, Unfortunately, the champions that were holding belts for this period of time have become stale. Um, no offense to them, but maybe they do need to. They may have to build up some momentum. Uh, some of these other wrestlers may have been building momentum where those other guys weren't. You know, I. I being, you know, they're being denied their shots at the title, and so now they're really, you know, they're hungry. They they want it. For six months, they couldn't get a shot. So now they're now that they have it, they're they want that title. Well, you know, in the in the I don't I was about to say interesting. I don't know if it's interesting or not, but you know, when NWA Power left the airwaves back in January, mm-hmm. or I guess back in March, they they had a couple more episodes uh, over the course of February and the beginning of March. Never in my wildest dreams did I think did I think we would be talking about Pope. Elijah Burke as our new NWA television champion. But sure enough, that's what happened on Tuesday night, as well as a lot of other great wrestling. And we're not going to stand on circumstances. We're going to go ahead and, and get to it. We're going to get to that card. I hope you guys were watching. Um, again, you could order the pay-per-view on Fight TV, and that's every uh, Tuesday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. And uh, I thought that the sh- – first of all, I thought the show was – really solid again um i don't feel like there was a lot of uh misfires on the show i really felt like um i I really felt like um they're still doing it you know i I know that they're working on storylines i know that they're trying to get the show into a better place but i felt like this show uh again storylines are starting to fall into place characters are starting to get represented um represented presented excuse me and then of course the biggest storyline now is the creation of the united wrestling network world heavyweight championship 
or excuse me, world championship because it isn't considered an open weight title. We'll get more into that momentarily. But I mean, after six weeks of, you know, understanding what PTL is all about, um, this weekly episodic pay-per-view, it just keeps on delivering on a solid 90 minutes of professional wrestling from free agents around the country, from uh, some of the top names from NWA Power, and of course the stars of the United Wrestling Network. And um, week in and week out, the promos, you know, kicking off the show, the matches themselves, I, I'm really happy with the product. DKM, do you have any quips about uh, what you've seen over the last six weeks? Uh, it's had ups and downs, like, you know, any good show. I was very happy there were no song and dance numbers. <laughs> uh, you know, it features, it features mostly some good, solid, in-ring wrestling. And as everybody knows, that's what I'm a fan of. Uh, you know, they've had... They've had some better ones. They've had some ones that kind of made me wonder why. Uh, main event on this show wasn't necessarily what I would put on a main event of the most pay-per-views. But, you know, it worked for what it was. I think that's fair. Well, I, I I guess of of the of the shows that we've watched so far, um, I would I would definitely feel like this one feel though there was the title match um, in the the title change. I I think in in and I hope at this point going forward they drop the six minute thing, just because it makes it makes it hard for a main event to feel like the six-minute match to feel like a main event, uh, even even if it only goes six minutes. Uh, just the, the something in my head doesn't doesn't mesh with that. But I guess before we get to that, um, we did have some other matches that happened beforehand. And uh, I, I actually would love to talk about the opening match uh, if you guys are ready. Well, let's, let's do it again. Let's not stand on circumstances. Um, this match originally was scheduled to be uh, – the man they call, or the one they call Manders, who I'll be honest, I'm not familiar with at all, taking on Platinum Max Caster. Um, and again, uh, Jesse James was filling in for the man they one they call Manders. Um, this was another Santino brother standout, getting his opportunity to be showcased. Um, James usually teams with Haas Hog in the Southern California area as True Grit. Um, they've held tag team titles all over SoCal. Uh, the Western Roughneck uh, recently made his United Wrestling Network debut on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, getting a victory over Jack Cartwright. And um, so far, he's been pretty interesting to watch. His opponent, of course, we saw on, uh, I believe it was episode four of Primetime Live, where he took on... Uh, you know, the dirty daddy, the filthy father, Chris Dickinson, and really was the biggest test thus far for uh, Chris Dickinson and really pushed him to his uh, to his limits. Even though he ended up taking the loss that night, he really looked good in defeat. And uh, this match was 
Uh, although it was kind of billed as a, a styles clash, if you will, it, it, it kind of turned into a, a battle of wits, a battle of uh, who was going to outlast the other. I mean, um, there were times where Jesse James and, and uh, Max Caster would just start throwing haymakers back and forth, back and forth. Um, but Caster was really good at kind of centraling in on one component, which was that, that arm of Jesse James to eliminate the threat of the Lariat and also kind of uh, immobilize some of James's offense. And then uh, Caster gets the win. And I thought this was a really solid match. I thought it did some good job uh, telling a story. I like the fact that Max Caster had a game plan and stuck to it. Big Kev, what did you think of this match? Well, this match, I might have to go on and say is the best match of the night. Okay. Um, Max Caster, to me, is just got star written all over him. He's big. He's in shape. He's um, he's got a decent move set. I still think in the ring he's got got some polish that needs to happen, but he's got charisma. And again, you know what's funny is like you don't realize how big he is until he gets in the ring. And you see him up against guys, and you're like, I mean, he he was much bigger. It seemed like just so it made the tough guy uh, act tough. I mean, hard for the the redneck roughneck guy. Yeah. Because he was he just wasn't big compared to Max. And so to make him come across like a bully and stuff, it it just wasn't I mean, just as a Max a thoroughbred athlete, man. And if I'm championship wrestling or uh well, championship wrestling, United Wrestling Network, uh, you know, I I think he earned the respect of the dirty daddy. Uh, and I know that wrestling is a big pay your dues and all that. But right now, there's not there's some good talent, but I can tell you that there's certain talent in companies like United Wrestling Network and those things where you're bringing guys outside in that you know are not going to be banner carriers, guys that you're going to lay your, your belts on. They're in there to build up the guys that you have. They're your journeyman types. Um, Max seems like a guy that's one of their kind of home guys. And I just I just think you got to start putting a story around him uh, with one of these top guys, and, uh, and and start really developing him because he's just—I mean—he's one of the best thing to things to watch. The guy he wrestled was what we would call in wrestling a good hand. He's a good hand. He wasn't bad for sure. And I thought again, it wasn't an enhancement talent match where it was like he was out there getting uh, getting fed to the wolves. But I kind of knew the—I knew who was going to win. But in the end, I felt like it was a really good match. Uh, I felt like it had the least – we had a lot of botch-flown botch moves uh, throughout the night in this show, and I thought this one came across the cleanest in the ring. So, again, I, I, I would say, like, the only thing that Caster really has is just a little more experience, a little more polish. And these guys don't get – you can't learn how to be in the, the limelight and learn how to be in big matches – and deliver until you have them. And so, again, I just think you need to keep pushing this guy out there a little bit further each time because I think he's got what it takes to be, for this company, a banner carrier. It should be in the in the sights for that, and hopefully it's not one of these year-long, take-forever processes. DK, what did you think? I enjoyed the match. I'm going to do my one little criticism, which was kind of something that was a theme in the throughout the night. And that was 
but it's kind of reminders of some late 1980s, early 90s WWE and that everybody seemed to be some kind of character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. We have, we have the, uh, I mean, Jesse James, really? <laughs> and guess what? He's a cowboy-type character. <laughs> wow, who would have saw that? You know, versus, you know, an urban rapper and everything. You know, later on we'll see it. We'll see a, a Brazilian girl from Texas and a half luchador and everything. It's just, it, there did seem to be a theme of gimmick over substance, a little bit as far as the wrestlers were concerned. Now, in the ring, it was a very good match, a very good wrestling match. Uh, as Kevin pointed out, we had the targeting of the arm, and there was a reason to target the arm. The arm could be used to Lariat, uh, which he managed to foil twice. <laughs> and, you know, they got some good pounding. The decent sized men, they're building at 230 and 225. So, you know, there's some pretty good size for, especially for some in the wrestling world. They, uh, they had kind of a tough man fight, and uh, I found most of what they did in the ring believable. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, one of the things, and I just to to tag on to what Kevin was saying is, I really do think that there is a future here with Max Caster. Um, one of the things that I, I found so appealing about Chris Dickinson is that they doesn't really have the stench of another wrestling promotion on them. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but when, when I'm thinking of this new wrestling promotion, this, you know, because look, there's, there's an audience that's watching this that has never seen an episode of championship wrestling from Hollywood. There are some people who think this is an NWA show. This is some people who think this is a, uh, a part of the uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood. There's some people that don't even know what this is. They're like, Hey, it's wrestling. I'm going to check it out. So when you bring in guys like Chris Dickinson, who doesn't have a huge history in a major wrestling promotion, or you bring in somebody like, um, like Carl Fredericks, who I was really big on a couple weeks ago, who, yes, he wrestles for new Japan, but honestly is not well known in the United States. Uh, you're really identifying some of the top talents in the country and then you, and I think Max Caster is one of these guys that fits right in with that reputation. It's similarly to the way NWA Power kind of kicked off. You know, Ricky Starks was was well known on the Indies, but really didn't break through until the spotlight of the NWA Power Show kind of started shining on him. And I feel like there's opportunity for guys like Caster, for Dickinson, for Carl Fredericks to really get to that next level by being spotlighted on primetime live. And and I hope you're right, Kev. I hope he does end up as a regular for the show, which was the United Wrestling Network World Championship. Now, they they made sure to specify that this isn't a heavyweight title. It's more of an open weight championship, which, I, I mean, that's fine. I don't really know that you have to define those terms because, you know, the WWE's World Championship isn't strictly a heavyweight champion, nor is... Uh, really anybody else's title. It's it's pretty much all understood that anybody can challenge for these belts. And um, 
some some really shocking names, some names that were, I mean, I I kind of guessed one of the names during the pre-party, but if you guys don't mind, let's go through the uh, let's go through the list. Um, we have uh, yeah, from AEW we have pretty Peter Avalon or the librarian Peter Avalon. We have uh, Mike Bennett who returns on this episode tonight. We have uh, as we were just mentioning the filthy father, the dirty daddy Chris Dickinson. We have uh, the aforementioned Carl Fredericks. We have Eric Redbeard, who in WWE is known as uh, Eric Rowan. We have Fred Rosser, who we saw last week get a big victory over James Storm and Chris Masters. Uh, We have one of my close personal friends in Watts. And the big surprise to me, like, that knocked my socks off, was Davey Boy Smith Jr., in this world heavyweight turn, or excuse me, this world championship tournament, I was kind of blown away with some of the names that are in the tournament. Uh, Decam, what did you think, and what are your thoughts on this tournament? Well, of course, you know, there's nothing wrestling needs more than another title. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Sure. And um, you know, heavyweight, open way, it's all meaningless in wrestling. Uh, I'm okay with most of the field. I'll be honest. I wouldn't have put Peter Avalon in it. Uh, yeah, I realized he was the champion for some record reign. And I just don't. I've never been a fan. And I probably wouldn't put him in this tournament. <laughs> I would not have, but, you know, I'm not the one picking. Uh, I was, of course, very excited over David Boysmith Jr. Uh, Go Bulldog. And, uh, I mean, everyone else made sense. Uh, I was a little disappointed that David Boysmith and... Mike Bennett are matched against each other in the first round just because I kind of like to see both of them have a little bit of success in the tournament. And so, you know, one of them's got to bow out early. And uh, and if Peter Avalon is going to be in the tournament uh, against uh, Dickinson's probably the best person for him to be in since he likes to beat up smaller guys. <laughs> Kev, what were your I thoughts on that? he ever try anything with Kevin, just to make that point Who's Who's I that, Peter Avalon? No, I think he what was... About, no, what did you say about him? I said, I said Dixon likes to beat up smaller people. I go, so yeah. I wouldn't recommend you try that with you. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't try that. Um, yeah, well, okay, so... So we, I actually kind of alluded to a little bit of this earlier where, you know, maybe I'm playing spoiler, maybe I'm not. You can look at these first-round matches and look who has been who's brought in to add a little bit of legitimacy to the guys that you already know are the hometown guys. Uh, the only match in the first round that seems like to me I, I may not know uh, is who is it that Rosser is fighting? Carl Fredericks. 
Fredericks. Okay, that's the only match that I don't think I know who's going to win. I know Davy Boy Smith's not going to win. I already know. I know. I know Bennett's going through because he's one of their guys. Uh, I know that Peter Avalon is being brought in because he's one of their. You know, he's a local. He's a known guy, and and again, it's a nice guy. It's a nice polish for uh, for Dickinson. Um, so I think most of the first round, you pretty we pretty much know what's going to happen, except for that one match. But in all in all sports, it's like that. I mean, very I mean, very rarely do we have any questions about first round. But I think once we get past the first round, I think it's going to get really interesting. Uh, of course, my favorite, meaning like person that I like the most that I want to see win, uh, would be Watts. Um, okay. Somehow, guys like that hardly ever, hardly ever, uh, hardly ever take home the gold in these kind of things. Uh, but I'd love to see him win it. Uh, if you were to say, and then of course Dickinson seems like he's going to be the guy to win it, which makes me a make me makes me think he's not going to be the guy to win it. Um, I, I just I could totally again I I, I had a hunch last week. I got another hunch this week. I think you're gonna. See, I think it's Rosser. I think he's gonna be the guy. Uh, and then I think we're gonna roll right into a nice feud between him and Dickinson, uh, where Dickinson probably makes his life uh, miserable and and probably ends up getting the title down the road at some point. Um, but you know, if you want, if you want my my, I like predictions. So, and I'm not always right, but uh, that's 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 kind of kind of how I see it. I kind of see it coming together. And I think some of these matches that we're going to see, because I know they're going to give them time, so that's one thing. I know they're going to let them wrestle. Uh, I know that arena that they're fighting in is all all bets are off. Everything's game, you know, fair game. So I'm I'm pretty pumped to see some of these matches. Uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see some hard hitting. I think you're going to see some technical wrestling. Um, it's gonna be a good tournament. I, I I hope the whole wrestling world tries kind of takes takes notice of what's going on in this tournament because it seems like it's a pretty big deal. I I do think we're gonna see uh, more people start paying attention to not just Primetime Live but the United Wrestling Network. And of course, I mean, look at some of the names that they did bring into this tournament. Um, you know, Davey Boy Smith Jr. is a former WWE Tag Team Champion, uh, has wrestled all over the world, and former NWA Tag Team Champion, uh, working in uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling teaming with uh, Lance Archer. I mean, he's one of these guys that should be a much bigger name in the wrestling community than I think he is. And I mean, when I look at this list, to me, he's really the only surprise on the list as far as I'm concerned. Um, I didn't think Mike Bennett would be in the tournament. And, and you were quick to point out, Kevin, that you think he's like one of their guys, but I, I honestly, I don't think he is one of their guys. Maybe he's becoming one of their guys and, and he certainly would fit in. And I also think it would be a great way to kind of play up to an angle down the road with, uh, with, uh, Nick Aldis, where you have the United champion, if it's Bennett, you know, either fighting against Aldis, the NWA champion, or perhaps even teaming with them down the road. I mean, there's a lot of interesting storyline that can come from this. Um, but you know, I felt like they did a good job of, of creating this tournament. I mean, Watts versus Redbeard, you got two big dudes just duking it out. Um, with Dickinson and uh, Avalon, you've yeah. got... What's that? 
I was getting fired up about two big guys yelling at oh, each okay. other for for the match. You I, got I, I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be popcorns are gonna be flying during the Watts <laughs> Redbeard match because I, I just love those kind of matches. You've got Dickinson and and Avalon, and it's kind of funny on this for this particular match. Um, Peter Avalon has been the face of championship wrestling from Hollywood essentially since uh, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce left. And I know people are like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But no, really, Avalon has been there since day one. And I think it's kind of fitting that he was the face of the United Wrestling Network. Now he will step into the ring with the guy who we're all kind of assuming is the new face of the United Wrestling Network in Chris Dickinson. So that's kind of like a generation match. Although I know I'm not saying Avalon is an old dude. It's just, you know, what he represents versus what Dickinson represents. That match has some appeal to me for that reason. Um, and then you've got the New Japan Strong matchup with Carl Fredericks and Fred Rosser, both of them competing on that weekly uh, New Japan Strong show that's actually filmed by um, uh, the production Ooh. staff at the United Wrestling Network. So I feel that's kind of a good fit. And then, of course, uh, Mike Bennett, the free agent, versus Davey Boy Smith Jr., also a free agent. Uh, it just feels like they did a, they, they did put some thought into these matches and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. If I were to pick my winner today, right now, I, I'm going to go with Davey Boy Smith Jr. DK, if you were to pick your winner right now, who are you going with? Uh, honestly, I'm clueless. I, I see lots of arguments for three of the guys that are in there. Uh, there's and then there's who I think would win and who I would want to win, which can be different things. Let's hear both. I think it. I think if they got him tied down for something, it would not surprise me to see Smith win the title. At least as a start, he's a name. He's somebody who can kind of carry the championship and give a little bit of prestige at first. Uh, kind of like when they put the AEW title on Jericho, you know, and then moved it to Moxley and stuff like that. You know, it just background matters. And I don't really see anyone else in the tournament that could give it that type of lift at the beginning. If it were me, I would probably put it on Watts. Uh, he's kind of done the lost soul, you know, he, he lost to Eli Drake in the first pay-per-view. He, he just recently lost the Heritage title on a little bit of a downturn, stuff like that. I think it could be a good story of redemption for him. Hey, you know, he was on, he was on streak, but now he's, you know, bounced back in his tournament and won it. That, so that would be me. If, if DKM was booking the tournament with with who we have uh, with who we have now, he would put Watson Smith in the finals and put it on Watts. I mean, I, I'd watch that. I'd pay. I'd pay for that matchup. So I, I mean, I'm good. Hey guys, you're watching this. Leave us a comment. Who do you think is going to be? the next United Wrestling Network world champion. And just just leave your comment below or even in the live chat. We want to know your take, your hot take. Who's going to be the next United Wrestling Network world champion? 
But uh, as we move along, we'll and we'll circle back to that. Oh, uh, Terry McDermott says Watts was his pick. We'll go. We'll circle back to that. But then, um, when you look right, at this, Terry, that's right. I mean, that's two votes for Watts, right? I'm sorry, I get fired up about. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see my. I want to see my buddy win the match, man. I. I, I want to see it. I. You know, again, that's just like we're talking about what I what we want. Uh, if we if I got if I could have what I want, that's what I that's what I get. You know, and I I like Watts quite a bit. I mean, I've known Watts for a long time, and I mean, he was wrestling in Hollywood when you were there, Kevin. It's it's not like he's an overnight sensation. Right. He's been grinding for years, and so it would be nice to see you know from the Family Stone to the United Wrestling Network World Champion. I think that'd be a big leap for him, and in in terms of his career and his notoriety, I mean, we keep talking about guys like Dickinson and Caster and and Fredericks, but a guy like Watts, who's again been grinding day in and day out, appearing in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, uh, heading out to Memphis for their big Halloween show that's coming up, um, you know, he's a guy that certainly, I think, he's not the kind that would shrink in the spotlight, and I think it would help him rise to the occasion. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you no. guys got me. Uh, Rosville Grace says that he thinks uh, Davey versus Dickinson is the final match. And, uh, I mean, you are you could be right. We don't know. But, I mean, I think that would be a great match as well. I mean, if Watts advances and Dickinson advances, that's your next match in the semifinals. So, we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. Uh, but, you know, you know, let's be a little bit blunt. Obviously, a lot depends on what they future plans are, assuming they have future plans, because <laughs> we all know some in wrestling don't. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, I mean, my gut tells me something like Smith and Dickinson in the final, the title on Smith. I know they've pushed Dickinson for the last six weeks. Pretty hard, maybe too hard. Uh, he's not ready. Okay. I mean, you guys might disagree or you might agree, but I don't think he's ready. I, he's not the type of person that's going to get you noticed. When you sit there and go, well, who's the, you know, MLW champion? Well, that's, you know, the Jacob. Tom Waller? Or Jacob for two. And, you know, Big destructive guy, part of the annoying family, uh, you know, one Samoans. So there's a there's a history there, a lineage there. He's a big tough guy. And I've seen him in person, and you know, uh, he can go. When you look at you know, well, who's the ROH team? I mean, well, you know, Roosh from you know Mexico, who's held multiple titles in CMML, you know, stuff like that, and he. He's wrestled in Japan. He's internationally known. You, you know, you kind of know who he is if you follow wrestling in the U.S. and North America and Japan. And, and you know, the NWA, of course, Nick Aldis, a, a former Magnus, former TNA champion. He had his big matches with Cody. He's, he's a known quantity. He's, he's done an excellent job as champion and stuff like that. And so, you know, if you want to sit there and go, well, MLW champion, ROH champion, NWA champion, the new United Network champion, Dickinson, people go, what? Who's that? 
you, you, yeah. you, you, I agree. You bring up a great point, and and uh, in the chat, uh, Dave Scooby, a good friend of the show, Dave Dave actually helped us out with the intro for the show. So if you appreciate the intro, you know, give a high five to Dave if you see him. But uh, he points out that he thinks Dickinson should be chasing for the title, not actually holding the belt, and until he gets built up more. And and that's a great point too. I mean, look, uh, Sting was a great wrestler. But it wasn't until he was chasing Ric Flair that he really kind of caught on, and that's what helped elevate him. And being in that feud with Ric Flair is what kind of brought him to the table. It's what brought him to that next level. You would never have put the the NWA Championship on Sting, you know, right out the boot. It was the chase that really helped him present him. And I think Chris Dickinson might be the same exact way. So. As we're as we're all talking at once here, uh, moving along. Yeah, um, and in the chat room, I mean, uh, uh, DK Rossville agrees with you. He says that uh, he just says he agrees. So good point. And then uh, Woodland Goblin says he agrees that he's for Davy Boy Smith Jr. <laughs> in the tournament. So, uh, I mean, we've got some great matches lined up over the next couple of weeks. Of course, this all kicks off next week. Um, this match with uh, Peter Avalon and Chris Dickinson. And then of course we'll have the NWA women's match, but that's next week. We still got to get through this week. And the next match on the card is the ladies match. Right. And this on paper to me, I thought was going to be a really great match. And I thought when I saw it, I thought, well, wow, these are two really good women's wrestlers. And now they're going to get a spotlight similarly to what, uh, you know, Lacey Ryan has had, who Heather Monroe has had. We've had these great matches week in, week out. And this match, there was a lot of obstacles in achieving the goal of having a solid match. Um, As I sat there and watched it, I I kept thinking, like, why is... I get the whole heel baby face dynamic. I know one of these wrestlers is supposed to be more aggressive and the other is supposed to be more, uh, flu- more fluid and more um, speed like, but you had Christy Jane, who is the much larger competitor um, being tossed around by the much smaller wrestler. And, and Kev, no, no offense because I know that when you were in the ring, you weren't always the biggest guy, but I just felt like the roles might've been reversed in this match. And that maybe, you know, uh, Chris, Christy Janes should have been more aggressive and uh, Miranda, if I'm saying her name right, Elise should have been more, um, more aloof. And I felt like it was the opposite. There was a lot of uh, botched spots in this match. Uh, Christy Janes went for that um, lion salt type maneuver where she got hung up on the ropes. And that just, I mean, it kind of, that was in an unsavory position to see her in. I know accidents happened in the ring. I know that, you know, the spot kind of got botched, but um, I felt like they they didn't even play it off well. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of this match. I wanted to be because I I believe that both of these women have had much bigger matches. They've both been in bigger spotlights. I mean, uh, uh, Christy James has been in championship wrestling from Hollywood before. They've both appeared in AAA. They've both been on AEW. Um, you know, Miranda Elise was in the uh, May Young Classic. Uh, Kev, what did you think of this match? Well, I, I did think the match started off positive. Uh, I was very much like you, Jay, really it, it excited to watch the match just because I know both of the 
the women wrestling. Uh, again, both of them being from Texas, uh, knowing you know a lot, a little bit about their careers and in the paths that they've gone, and um, seeing, like you said, uh, a lot better from both of them. So again, again, I thought the match started off really strong, and just. I, a lot of times, and I, I said this earlier this week in another in another setting, but I think it I think it holds true even in this that when something like this happens, you do, you don't judge them by one thing; you judge them by a body of work. And so I think that both women have a large body of work. I think they both maybe it just didn't happen to on this show. Um, notice how I skipped, I, I, I maneuvered around saying tonight because that gets said way too much in wrestling shows now. Um, but in this show, I just felt like it just didn't work. And sometimes that happens. And if they had no body of work or if I'd never seen anything from them before, I'd probably be like, oh. But, you know, I, I think, number one, they'll get another shot on the network. I'd like to see them wrestle again, whether it's against each other or against uh, other other opponents because there were elements of the match where you really realized that they were athletically superior, especially Christy Jane's uh, just superior athlete uh, to some of the other women that I've seen on the show so far. So again, no, it wasn't a good match, and it kind of had a theme because we did have a lot of kind of botch botchiness going on tonight on the show, and I dang it, I just said tonight. Um, but we did have a lot of botchiness going on on the show, so I, I felt like this one, I felt like this one was just the kind of had the biggest botch of the night, and it kind of I kind of felt bad for him because there was more than just the moonsault that went wrong in this match. There was probably three or four moves that just didn't go off, and it's as a wrestler it just gets it, you're just out there going, oh my god, let's just get through this thing, get out of here because there's no way you're recovering from it. DK, your thoughts? Devin. I like both of the lady wrestlers. Uh, as Kevin pointed out, they're both from Texas. I know a little bit about their careers. Uh, not a good match. Not a horrible match. I don't want to play it. It was a horrible match. It wasn't one that made me cringe no. every time. It, it just wasn't good. When it comes to botches, I, I've always said it again, there's, you know, it's only a botch if two things take place. One, you pretend it's not. Or two, you go back and do the same thing right away again. Um, things happen. <laughs> you know, football guys fumble and, you know, uh, In boxing and MMA, you know, somebody throws a punch and slips or, you know, whatever. That Things happen. It's just, it didn't seem like either one of them were on the game. I don't know, maybe it was nerves or being on pay-per-view. Maybe, you know, they ate Del Taco. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I, I would say I, I would say I would say I I I don't want to throw nerves out there. I I want to give them both the benefit of the doubt because I mean, like Jay said, Miranda's been on um, the May Young Classic. I mean, that's and for a young woman, a young woman independent, a young independent 
woman wrestler, that's one of the top spots you can be on. Uh, and again, Christy, I know, has wrestled in front of huge crowds in, in Mexico. So I can't imagine an, an empty arena match would be something they'd be super nervous about. Sometimes I just think kind of what we were... Go ahead. Yeah, no, they are. They are hard. But there's no crowd to play to. No, I, I agree with you on that. I, I would just say my my I, I'm gonna chalk it up to personally that it just just sometimes it just doesn't happen. It just goes okay. bad, and I, I that you know not every match can be yeah not every yeah and sometimes Del Taco, but you know <laughs> not every match is gonna be Kevin Douglas versus Nick Madrid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm well, here, hey. guys. It just. Battery died. Oh well, so coach, so just just so DK, you're gonna love this. Um, Kokushi says he 100% blamed the tacos. So I think we're gonna go ahead and go uh, with the tacos. And again, it, um, on this one, and, and obviously I'm saying it is humorous, but it's part of my I can't play like these two ladies who've had. Dozens of very, you know, dozens or hundreds of very good matches didn't have a good match that night. I, I, I can't figure it out. And so my theory is they hated Del Taco. And, I love know. Del Taco, by the way. And if they would like to sponsor the show, please send all okay. inquiries to jcal Ooh. at alliance-wrestling.com. <laughs> uh, sorry, the show's well, going off the rails Y'all want to move on bit. to the next one? Yeah, let's, let's do that because... Uh, I don't know where we're going. Um, the next next thing we get is the Pope promo, which, oh, gosh. You know what? I've always liked Elijah Burke. I liked him when he broke into the WWE. They had put him with, uh, oh, gosh, now I can't remember his name. Um, anyways, they put him in the WWE. He was always fun to me to watch in the ring. Uh, but what really has been neat to see uh, – as his character has evolved is the promo. He's gotten really, really good at the promo. And I, I'll be the first one to admit it. I feel like he's channeling dusty Rhodes, but I'm not, that's not a bad thing. As far as I'm concerned, I thought dusty Rhodes was one of the best uh, promo guys in the business. And uh, so he comes out with his promo and, and, you know, he says, uh, you know, Zicky dice tonight, you're going to find out what the Pope is like a tree planted by the river of waters shall not cannot and god daddy <laughs> will not be moved i i mean that was i'm not gonna say i got goosebumps or anything but i just thought that was so epic <laughs> and uh i thought it was great what 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 did yeah. you guys think of the promo okay well, i'm a little worried about jay at the moment uh... what's wrong with jay jay's good <laughs> i think he got a little too excited there. i'm not I'm, sure i did I, uh, you know, hey, he's a good pro. I don't know. I, and yeah, I don't know that I'd say I feel he's channeling Dusty Rhodes, and that's okay because you know Dusty Rhodes was a good promo, but I think you know Pope's mm-hmm. good promo in his own in his own way. Uh, I honest, right? I honestly know very little about. Him. Very little. I never saw him in WWE. I'm not watching WWE at that time, kind of like I'm not watching it currently. And I, by 
the time I saw him in the little bit of TNA that I'd watch every now and then, he was a announcer, not a wrestler. So, you know, he wasn't cutting fiery promos or anything like that. So really this experience since he joined the NWA has kind of been my first uh, my first experience with him, both hearing uh, cut promos and also seeing him wrestle. And so, uh, you know, uh, guys got guys got mic skills. Can't take it away from them. Yeah, Kevin, you know a thing or two about talking on the mic. <laughs> Pent up promo aggression, right, Kev? I do. I do. I do. I do love. I do love to talk. Um, and and speaking of promos, um, you know, if you guys. You guys love wrestling. We all do, especially I know um, Devin loves the 80s style wrestling. And, Jay, I know you do too. But, man, you know, one of the best things you can ever do is go on YouTube and just watch Arn Anderson promos till, till you just can't take it anymore. Um, but I think I think what Pope is channeling as much as he is channeling Dusty Rhodes, which I agree to some extent with both of you guys, but he's really channeling that old promo style that, you know, I would call it the old kind of 80s, 80s, uh, early 90s, NWA, WCW kind of style of promo where you, you have some cadence to your voice. Uh, you have, you, you drag out your syllables. It's got a little southern twang to it. Um, and, and again, you have a, a heightened sense of importance with what you're saying. Like you're, you're, it's like what you're saying is really important. And you guys need to listen to what I'm saying because what I'm saying is important. Just that right there alone will grab people's attention. And I really appreciate that. Like, I really appreciate what Pope is doing because I love watching a wrestler try to grow and push into something. At first, when I started watching the promos at NWA, um, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of it. But I, I was like, I know, I, I know he's trying to do something. It's not fully there yet but he's trying to do something and a lot of the guys out there especially the older guys that have established names in his position just sit back and just kind of do what they always done I mean no offense to Scott Steiner but he's still out there cutting the same promo he was cutting at WC I got the largest arms in the world you're a piece of white trash I mean bro you don't even have big arms anymore uh say something different you know um, so I, I like what Elijah is trying to do, and now as I've watched it, as I've watched it grow, and he's gotten better. The promo he cut early was good, but the promo he cut, even though it wasn't perfect, and some of his verbiage was off, the promo he cut afterwards, uh, at the end of the show, was was the one that almost gave me goosebumps. Well, we'll but I really get... like the promo. The other thing I I took notice of is that every promo tonight almost said tonight. Sorry. Anyway, night. Speaking, speaking of promos, and, and we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that promo that the Pope delivered at the end of the show. But uh, the next segment was the Mike Bennett promo, and this one, I don't know. I think, I think pacing. I, I don't know what to call this. Is this the one he cuts about Davy Boy? Yeah, like I, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This should have been a promo. After his match, because clearly he's not worried about Kratos in this promo, right. which made like, like 
look, in the world of wrestling, we're all supposed to suspend our belief. In, you in knew those... who was going to win. Right. <laughs> like, there's no way to suspend the belief if he's talking about going to the pay-per-view. You know, the the, the, the not the pay-per-view, but the uh, tournament. It, it's like, the see, if I was writing the show, if this was Jay Cal's, you know, United Wrestling Network primetime live, this match would have been a play-in match, right? This would have been a... You know, okay, all the spots are filled, but this one, Mike Bennett, we're giving you a shot against Kratos, and whoever wins is going to go right. into this. I think that would have been the way to do it. Um, but Mike Bennett's sitting here talking about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Mike Bennett right now might not be ready for Davy Boy Smith, but the Mike Bennett after tonight will be ready. He will be a little different, a little bit better. And I'm like, well, wait, what if you lose to Kratos? What if Kratos comes out there and smashes you? Which, I mean, he more or less did. But like, uh, Which he, we'll, he could have. Yeah, and we'll get back to that. We'll, we'll get to that match in a minute. I just thought this promo was out of place, um, focused on the wrong subject. Um, and if they're going to do a promo like this, this should have been post-match. This should have been after he defeated Kratos. Um, you guys agree with me on this one? Yeah. I'll talk more about the promo when we talk about the match. Okay. Well then, let's get to let's get to the next action, the next match, which was the United Wrestling Network World Tag Team Titles, social distancing, taking on the Friendship Farm. Now I'll be the first one to admit that I did not like this booking. After the Friendship Farm embarrassed themselves, and I'm going to say it, they embarrassed themselves on the first episode that they appeared. Uh, you know, SoCal uh, distancing. Although they were victorious in their first match, I mean, they didn't look as crisp as I would have hoped they would have. Throw all of that out the window. I like this match. I felt there was an improved tag team on both both sides of the field. I felt that there was less silliness. They were still silly, but there was less silliness. Robin Shaw looked like a wrestler, not like baby Huey in a diaper. Um, I felt like you had a... A cotton belly really playing that baby face in, in, in peril type thing going on. And I really felt like SoCal distancing did a great job of. You got me, Kev. What's I'm going sorry, on? but in the diaper and I just keep picturing it. It's actually, it's actually funny. I mean, it just was funny. It just, the dude looked like he was in a diaper. I mean, it was awful. And I'm just remembering Devin's statement. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm no, you're, fun right now. You're, you're good. Devin's statement about he should never wear that ever again. Well, he heard you, DKM, because he, he All right, got, carry on, Jay. Sorry. He got real trunks. He got real trunks with, with tassels on them, and that's where the power lies, apparently. I felt this match was a lot better, a better showing for both tag teams. I felt like uh, – you know, Cottonbelly looked a lot better. Robin Shaw looked a lot better. But most importantly, the champions, Adrian Quest and Andy Brown, looked a lot better. Uh, they focused in on the, um, you know, focusing in on the, the smaller guy, which was Cottonbelly. Cottonbelly, uh, you know, was in that role of, uh, you know, in peril the entire time. There was a shot that Andy Brown delivered on on uh, Cottonbelly that I swore knocked him out cold. I don't know if you guys remember that, but uh, he had hit. Andy Brown went to go like uh, go back to to Quest, and then Brown came in and just sucker punched him right in the back of the head, and it looked like it killed him. Like I thought, oh great, call nine one one because this guy's dead. All in all, SoCal Distancing retains the tag team titles. This match certainly helped to elevate the Friendship Farm. They got this match by defeating Four Minutes of Heat on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. 
Uh, Cotton Belly and Shaw looked leaps and bounds better than they did in their previous match. Andy Brown got the pin after that strike on Jervis. And both teams looked much better. But um, I want to see some more storytelling in, in the United Wrestling Network. I want to know more about SoCal distancing. Uh, you know, Ray Rosa, who's been kept off the program, who's currently the Arizona State Champion and the Heritage Champion, um, has yet to appear on Primetime Live. And the last time we saw him, these two guys were beating him up. So uh, I want to see how that story all plays out um, on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. SoCal Distancing has been flanked by their their uh, leader, uh, James Logan. We haven't seen him on Primetime Live. I want to see how this storyline all plays out. But uh, DK, tell me your thoughts on this match. What did you think of the tag team match? Any newfound respect for the friendship farm? No. There are reasons why we're friends, DK, and this is one of them. Try and figure out, is this the same guy as last time? Because he looked like he had lost weight. I guess the drugs he got actually were holding everything in place better. Uh, you know, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. I don't like the friendship more. I um, actually have not been impressed with the... Uh, no. Uh, so Cal distancing. Game, the Cal distancing or whatever they're called. Yeah. So no, I didn't. I I found no extra respect for either team, and I didn't like the match. I didn't. But the match to me uh, looked looked indie, and I mean, sorry guys, but nobody was in shape. Um, you know, uh, the match looked sloppy. It just wasn't good. I'm sorry. This is twice now I've seen the Friendship Farm. If you're going to be comedy, be funny. Uh, and if you're going to be whatever the so-called distancing is, whatever they are, uh, you got to be it. If Andy Brown is some bad dude, he doesn't seem that bad to me. He has to cheat to do stuff. If you're even if you're a heel and you're you know, but if you're a heel and you're a bad dude, like you don't have to cheat to do stuff. I mean. You're just bad because you're bad, and people don't like it because you know it. Uh, the other guy, I don't even – I am said I don't want to waste too much time. Let's move on to something else because I, I don't have a lot to say about the match. I feel like the tag team division deserves better. I've seen better tag teams. Give me Danny Limelight and, uh, and Pablo Esco and put the belts on those guys and get a little bit of respect for the division. Okay, I mean, that's, that's fair, and that's the – that. Hey. That is the beauty of this whole podcast that we've been doing since, what, 2008, DK? Uh, we very rarely see eye-to-eye on ooh, the same ooh, subject. I'm sorry, can I jump in? Yeah, go for it. I want to jump in. I, I have a Terry, Terry McDermott uh, jumped in here and said, the tribe should have been there instead of the friendship farm. Now, that's a tag team. Yes, it is. Those guys will put the fear of God in you, man. <laughs> I fought Hawaiian Lion, and I, 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 I went back and watched the match that I had against the Hawaiian Lion. I think I actually won the match, but and I actually had a lot of offense in the match, but I felt like that dude beat me up so bad like I stole something. <laughs> and just so much respect for those guys because they put, they're, just, they're just legit, man. And, again, this – anyway, okay. I, I agree uh, with Terry. Put the belts on. Get get the get the get the tribe out there. Those are some men, some grown men. I want to see Andy Brown try to bully those guys around. 
And real quick, or I do now Eric Brown or whatever his name is. And, no, you're right, Andy Brown. And real the quick, striker, the striker. Real quick, I want to say happy birthday to the Navajo Warrior who just turned 49 years old. 49 years old, that guy can still go in the ring. And I, you're right, I'd like to see more of the tribe as well. Uh, but we'll move on to the next match. And the next match is J.R. Kratos. Speaking of birthdays. Oh, yeah. We're going to get that to that at the end of the show, Kev. We'll get to that. Uh, but then we get J.R. Kratos. Oh, okay, moving, moving right along. We get J.R. Kratos versus Mike Bennett. Now, this is Mike Bennett's first match back in the United Wrestling Network since losing to Nick Aldis. Um, and this is the first match where we've seen Kratos here on Primetime Live. Now, for you guys that don't know Kratos, and understandably so, he has not been in a large audience. You know, the same thing that I said about Max Caster, the same thing I said about Chris Dickinson, and the same thing that I say about Carl Fredericks is I'm going to say about J.R. Kratos. He's a big, bad dude who doesn't get the respect he deserves, has never been on a spotlight, uh, on a big spotlight for a big wrestling promotion. Uh, he's wrestled in all Japan. He's been in the ring with um, – uh, and Kakushi's going to blast me for this because I always destroy – uh, the Japanese wrestlers' names, but he's been in the ring with Chikoto Omori, Rising, uh, Hayato, uh, Sato, Tako Omori, not Tako, Tago, uh, Yumi Ogaya, Oyaki. I'm sorry, I hate to butcher these guys' names, and I, I'm not adding any extra ends into their names, but these, I mean, he was in the ring with All Japan. For the first part of the year, in fact, he was there from like January to March, right around when uh, COVID started. And had COVID not been here, he still might be wrestling in All Japan. Um, he is a former APW uh, Universal Heavyweight Champion. He's held the APW Internet Championship. Um, this guy is a great wrestler, and I'm so happy to see him in uh, Primetime Live. I hope that we see more of him. And this match was just basically... Uh, Pure muscle, strength, and skill versus luck. Um, Mike Bennett should have come out there and not tried to go toe to toe with uh, with Kratos, but more he should have tried to finesse him. He should have relied on his speed and resiliency. And there are parts of this match that I loved. There are other parts of this match I just scratched my head. I mean, Kratos took out the knees from from Mike Bennett, but then we get a Death Valley driver off the stage. It's like. Kratos isn't a small guy. How are you doing that if your knees are supposed to be all busted open? And then the match itself, I mean, there was a suplex where Kratos practically threw Mike Bennett outside of the ring. And and it was just such a mismatch. And, you know, I know that uh, they're they're building for Bennett and and Bennett's going to be in the tournament. But uh, I don't know. This match was uh, it was good. It was interesting. But I felt like there was a lot of elements that were out of whack. Kevin, what did you think of this match? Well, I felt like he was a little bit of a head-scratcher. I agree. Um, man, Kratos really is impressive. Um, I, 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 I really feel like the only thing holding that guy back from from being uh, a big contract wrestler, and I, I mean, who am I to talk? He's in all Japan. I mean, he's wrestling in all Japan, of all places, the, the land of the big, bad heavyweights. Um, you know, I mean, the guy gets in a little bit of. I mean, he's already in great shape athletically. I mean, for God, I mean, he moves around like, like he was half his size, and he can move. Uh, he's imposing. He's physical. He has a lot of uh, good qualities uh, in terms of just the way he positions himself. 
has a lot of confidence, a lot of savvy in the ring. For, for a guy like that, a lot of times those guys don't try to really learn a whole lot of, uh, of wrestling or a whole lot of the, the technique factors uh, in terms of just camera. But, you know, a lot of times they just go out there and be big and strong and raw. Uh, but you can tell Kratos has put a lot of time into his craft. So, you know, I feel like if he, he drops a little bit of body fat, uh, and, again, this is not a knock on his body. Like, this dude looks amazing. But I'm talking about, like, getting his name in the in the upper echelon of the heavyweights and where he's not losing to guys like this, Mike Bennett. Um, and he's the guy that's holding the championship. You know, he, he's he's just a few steps away, man. He, he's a really impressive guy. Uh, I've met him a couple times. I actually met him at Hood Slam when he, and he played Kratos <laughs> from God of War. Yeah. Um, he's just an impressive guy and, and a very likable guy. So, uh, you know, I, I was impressed. I, I like the match to an extent, but like you said, there's some head-scratching stuff. And um, Mike Bennett's in shape. I just – I'm not quite sure what's the what, – what, what, we, what, what we see in Mike Bennett. I'm, I'm trying to – I don't see it. Is it just because he's got a good body or – I don't know. I don't know what the – why he's got so much – rep or, or why he's even in the tournament. Uh, why is he wrestling Nick Aldis? Like what? I don't get it. Like maybe you guys know something I don't, but I don't get it. DK? Yeah. All right. Uh, it was better than the match before it. <laughs> I, again, not sure what plans are for the gentleman involved in this match. I certainly came out much more interested in Kratos than I did Bennett. Uh, going back to a couple weeks ago, I'm going to uh, pick up a pet peeve that Kevin talked about. There were certainly times in this match where Bennett especially was beaten silly, but then somehow came back and wasn't hurt at all for four or five minutes while he tried to put in some offense and, you know, then went back to being a broken down, injured person. I, I don't know what the purpose of the match was. Uh, David Boy Smith Jr. is the big guy. So if you're going to put Bennett in with a, another big guy, then you want to show that he can hold his own and that he, you know, can win and, win in a convincing style and that didn't really happen so now what why am I supposed to think he's going to do well in the tournament Yeah. you know when, when he meets Smith uh, I mean I know there are people that go back with Bennett they liked him in TNA, they liked him in ROH. A lot of them he got a very raw deal in WWE. With anybody who knows what the what that was, he, he did. But uh, I, I'm trying to understand what the do. I'm trying to understand what, what what they wanted us to get out of that. Because what I got out of that is that Bennett's going to lose in the opening round because <laughs> he's got a talent. And this other big guy I would rather see in the ring. 
with Dave Boysmith Jr. And so, I, and maybe that's what they wanted. I, and I don't say that joking. You know, uh, you know, wrestling tells stories, and maybe yeah. that is something that they kind of wanted to get across or something like that. But, uh, you know, for right now, I'm left just a little bit confused as to what the thought was and what what the ideas are for the future. Uh, you know, I want to see this. I want to see this guy again. I want to, you know, see him kind of given the Dickinson treatment where, you know, he kind of fed some guys and, you know, he has a chance to, you know, put in impressive wins and, you know, against tougher competition each week and everything like that. You know, then I want to see him, like Kevin said, you know, it's okay for me to be, you know, have some fat on me. He probably needs to uh, firm up a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. He's uh, he's, he's impressive. So, you know, that's that's what I got out of this map. This guy's the guy that should have been tournament. He's the one that should be facing Dave Boysmith Jr. And, and again, like, if this match had some story to it, I think it would have helped. If they would have said, okay, we've got, you know, uh, uh, 15 men set up for this tournament. We just need one more guy, or, or you know, we, we're, we're, we're this is a play-in match. Then that would have made a lot of sense. But they didn't do that. It was just mm-hmm. like, here's this big-time match for no other reason other than, hey, they're both here, and this is where the lack of storylines uh, on primetime live is to me. It kind of hurts the the product a little bit. Because, again, if there would have been a reason why these two were in the ring, I mean, Bennett got his ass kicked. Let's just be honest. Bennett got his ass kicked, which he should because this guy's like three times his size. If they wanted to give me a match to showcase Mike Bennett, put Mike Bennett in the ring with Kevin Martinson. Put Mike Bennett in the ring with Danny Limelight. Let's see that. But if you're if you're showing me that Mike Bennett can take a licking and keep on ticking, I mean, I guess that's what we got. And uh, I don't know if I necessarily need to see Mike Bennett take a licking and keep on ticking. I think I, I, I maybe I'm speaking for the three of us, but I, I think I would have rather seen Kratos win this match and have Primetime Live put that jetpack on him and push him a little bit. Uh, but maybe that's just me. I Go agree. ahead, Kev. No, I, I, I agree with that. I, I really, like I said, maybe I had a, I mean, Again, Kratos, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but don't come kill me because I talked about your body. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I felt like he was super impressive in the match. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> no, but I, I felt like he was super impressive in the match. So, um, so again, but this, I, this is one thing I love about wrestling, too, when they don't see you coming and they throw you out there and they're, they, think, they think the story's going to go one way. The plan is to do one thing, and then some guy goes out there and just kills it, and everything changes. Um, and again, I think that's this is the element of wrestling that I love, is that, you know, you can just sometimes these things happen. And I think they saw what we saw of Kratos. I guarantee you they do. There's just no way he couldn't. It was just so impressive. Yeah. And right now with a kind of a lack of big guys in the show, uh, not that they don't have some good big guys, 
but again, the more you have, it's just you need that. You need that. Uh, but being a smaller wrestler, I love that factor because the bigger the guys were, the more of it, more courageous, uh, the more of a fighting spirit I looked like I had for being in that world. Um, so again, I, I'm I'm all for it. I, I like that guy, and I know he's not too far as far as uh, location-wise from there. So I'd like to see a lot more of him. Uh, in the chat room, Dave. Love to see, oh, Dave Scooby. Yeah, I was J- just going to uh, point Kratos that out. Kratos and Jax Dane hook it up. That would Now that would be a Haas fight right there. Yeah, what about them as a team? Wow. What if they were a team? Wow. What, and what if they painted their faces like the Road Warriors? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dave Marquez, you have my number. Give me a call. We got some ideas. Oh, man. man give me those guys. <laughs> I'd love to see that. So, moving on. What's I that? I think you had ideas. I said yes, but you guys have good. Oh, thanks. Moving right along, we got the oh, main event. Moving right along. Moving, moving right along. <laughs> the NWA Television Championship match. This is a match that a lot of people were looking forward to after Zicky Dice spit in the face of tradition spit in the face of legacy, but more importantly spit in the face of the Pope Elijah Burke. And, uh, again, Kevin touched on this early on. We knew that we only were going to get six minutes and five seconds of this match. So apparently they had to try to figure out how they're going to stretch it out for 20 minutes. And that basically meant that, uh, Zicky dice was going to sneak attack on, um, on Elijah Burke using a questionable looking, television title and uh you know just as an aside i've always preferred the red leather on that tv title but obviously that wasn't the belt that ricky starks won back at uh hard times that wasn't the belt that zicky dice won on nwa power i don't know where this belt came from but it was obviously a knockoff and uh what's that pakistan pakistan uh, I can probably tell you the maker too. But <laughs> well, anyways, the, belt times. the champion makes the belt. The belt doesn't make the champion. This match was started off very chaotic because again, Zicky Dice was attacking the Pope. He didn't even really get into the ring yet. Um, he put him awkwardly through a, a plastic table, not a wooden table. Again, very awkward looking, very painful looking. Um, and then Zicky just kind of started yelling at Billy Corgan and there was we talked about pent up promo aggression uh that was Kevin Douglas's famous line years ago on the Alliance Guys podcast and here it is in 2020 we've got some pent up promo aggression as Zicky Dice is calling out Billy Corgan uh saying he's a weird looking dude ripping on smashing pumpkins saying that his songs suck uh it's, you know he he threatened to take the title elsewhere threatened his said that his contract expires at the end of the year and that he would take the title elsewhere and did you know pretty much everything he he could to keep the pope down but the the pope kept fighting the pope got on his feet got into the ring that match got going it pretty much looked like it was going to be a squash for dice that he was going to get an easy win uh the pope got his second win did some of that amateur boxing that he's so famous for uh ended up uh you know turning this thing into a bit of a match and it ended of course with the Elijah Express 
uh, that the double knees into the corner. We got the pin. We got a new champion. We got a promo that, to me, uh, I think, again, when I said he was inter- uh, channeling his inner Dusty Rhodes, I really felt like this was his hard times promo. That He was talking about that struggle that everyone's going through, the struggle that one of the things I, you know, really got me was that he acknowledged that primetime live was helping to keep the NWA relevant. And that's something you're not going to hear most people from the NWA say, you're not going to hear Nick Aldis say that you're not going to hear Thunder Rosa say that, but, but you know, Zicky, uh, excuse me, the Pope Elijah Burke said that. And I thought that was pretty cool that he put over uh, the United wrestling network. He put over Maureen and put over Aaron Stevens, put over the NWA office and uh, basically, you know, I really feel like this is setting up power to have an incredible championship roster because over the course of the last month, we, you know, all this is your world's heavyweight champion. Uh, Thunder Rosa is your women's champion. You've got Zicky Dice out of the picture because the Pope is the new TV champion. You got Trevor Murdoch as your national champion. Uh, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with the tag titles. But all in all, I really felt like this match was a high caliber uh, for what it was. Because, again, the story is like they, they were trying to kill time so that they could stick to that gimmicky six minutes and five seconds. Uh, I like the match for what it was. I'm glad that the Pope won the title. I don't know what that means for Zicky Dice. But, DK, what did you think about this match? I mean, the match is what it was. It's not going to win any awards. No one's going to call it the best match of the night. Uh... This is what Kevin was talking about, the six-minute, five-second time limit, earning it. Uh, which, by the way, despite the way it was kind of presented, that's not a tradition. That's just something that Gorgon and Lagana came up with for the 605 TBS thing. Traditionally, TV titles were anywhere from 10 minutes to 15 minutes. To Sometimes they were always on the line for the first 15 minutes of the match. To, you know, all sorts of ways to, you know, uh, screw the fan favorites out of the uh, But uh, if you're going to have a main event, it needs to be a main event. It needs to be a main event to play. You know, Dusty defended the TV title in the main event. It was 30-minute time on it. You know, again, like Kevin said, you can only go six minutes. You make it sound important. And for the record, they should have a bubble this because this is made by Reggie Parks who made the original. Anyhow, that being said, uh, I was glad the title was off dice. I enjoyed the Pope's promo. I thought it was a good promo again. Uh, Certainly the best promo of the night. Probably top promos of the six-week run. Uh, I think you were talking about the NWA having uh, some good champions at the moment. And uh, I, I think when you look at Nick Aldis, when you look at Thunder Rosa, when you look at uh, Trevor Murdoch, and now with uh, Elijah Burke, the Black Pope, that you're seeing guys who are believable as champions. And 
I don't mean that as a slap at Ziggy Dice, but if you're yeah, it kind of is though. <laughs> uh, but you know, if you if you're gonna go out there and say, "Hey, I'm a wrestling show," and I'm I put on wrestling product, and, and not sports entertainment, I put on wrestling product, then you put wrestlers in those positions with your titles. They need to do something with their tag team titles and stop uh, screwing around. You know, either either uh, Eli Drake and James Storm or get them in the ring somewhere, anywhere, and drop the titles. And, you know, of course, part of the problem is, but that's not my thing. Rock and roll express. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know Yeah. <laughs> Um, God, this match to me was so bad. Um, Zicky Dice is is so bad. I haven't liked him from the get go. Um, he didn't grow on me like a fungus. Uh, I don't care how much spray top. Well, I don't care how much spray tan he puts on. Uh, he lost ten pounds here and there and, and got in a little better shape. But I'm sorry, guys, but I see right through this. I saw right through it from the beginning. I see right through it now. Uh, I don't know whose butt he had to kiss or what he had to do to get in that position. Not a main event wrestler. Ain't worried about him hearing what I got to say because he ain't beating me up. Not Kratos, maybe. But, <laughs> look, the guy to me was just a, a, a mistake. You know? I mean, just a mistake. And uh, I'm glad to see the belt off of him. Uh, is Pope, to me, the greatest champion they could put it on? Or is he the Ricky Starks-level champion? I don't, I don't think so. In fact, to me, the biggest black eye on the NWA of, of 2020 is not, that they didn't, uh, is not that they didn't get to run shows. It's that they actually put Zicky Dice over Ricky Starks, which is probably the worst booking decision of the year. Uh, second most is probably the United Network putting this guy in their main event twice now. Um, I just want to see him go away, not because he's a, a heel and I don't like him. I just don't think he's any quality. I'm watching him take – okay, the wrestlers look, right? I'm watching him get on top of Elijah Burke and, and, and nuggie him, you know. What is that? You're a grown man and you're over here – No. No, get him out of here. Elijah Burke's promo at the end was passionate. It felt like it meant something. And frankly, I, I, I got involved because I, I, I got emotionally involved in the promo because I felt like it was at least somebody who it meant something to was taking that championship that actually meant something to it. And again, you know why they had to have all the antics and all the stuff they had to have? Because Zicky Dice is not good enough to carry something more than that. So, no, it's the truth. And, again, no one said he's not a good opening match or not a good promo guy. Sure. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I just – I don't know what – you know, this is one of those decisions about wrestling that makes me feel gross. So, great promo. Great promo by uh, – great promo by uh, Pope at the end. Glad to see somebody that it means something to 
actually holding you know, that title. For me, I think this is one of the things where we talked earlier with, you know, Kratos about, you know, listening to the fans or whatever in the match. And, you know, things happen. Look at, if you can look at WWE and when Kofi Kingston, you know, uh, took part in, uh, in a, a match that just got him so over and, you know, actually gave him the world title at WrestleMania and, you know, held it for six months before being squashed by Brock Lesnar. And uh, I think Ziggy Dice, and to another extent, the question mark, were guys who probably got over in taping settings where, you know, there's a lot of hardcore fans who are hollering and tired and going through two or three nights of wrestling in a row and, you know, and so they kind of, they kind of get excited over anything and everything, which causes them to change plans. The phrase I've heard a couple times, even from Billy Corgan or Dave Lagana or whoever. And it's like, it was probably bad because these weren't, in both, this is a question mark, they weren't people who were going to be over long for a long term and probably not over that much of people outside of those tapings. And so that's what I'm chalking it up to. I'm chalking up that he kept the title to COVID-19, keeping everybody inactive for six months. And, uh, yeah, it was a mistake. It was a mistake to put the title on him. It was certainly a mistake to take off Starks as quickly as they did in the long run. Kind of work with uh, COVID Starks ended up going to AEW, where he, I guess, you know, wrestling in the upper mid cards and stuff like that. It sounds like I don't watch the products, so I don't know. But uh, you know. Let's live and learn from things from these six weeks. Uh, give us main events that are main events. Uh, put main event guys. Uh, don't get overly gimmicky. Uh, Billy dropped the 605 time. It was cute at first, now it's annoying. Uh, you got champions, you got good champions, you got top champions, you got people who could be champions in probably any promotion out there right now. Uh, you know, grab that brass ring and let's go for it. Figure out what you're doing with your tag teams and let's go. They're rabid fans ready. You know, they lost time to grow. You know, the thing that I want to add to that is, uh, you know, 
I I was not as uh, negative with Zicky Dice, but I think also my 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 perspective is a little different than your guys's. I do agree that Ricky Stark should have had a longer run with that title, and I do believe had COVID not slowed down the NWA operations, had uh you, you know I I think that uh, I think Ricky Starks was gonna get that title back. Obviously, the NWA was building around Ricky Starks. I think they were trying to uh, freshen things up because they. You know, again, you know, Aldis isn't going to lose that title anytime soon. Thunder Rosa isn't going to lose her title anytime soon. Uh, I didn't seem like they had a really uh, coherent plan for the tag team titles. They still don't. Um, so I really felt like that was the title that was going to jump around the TV title. Maybe Matt Cross would have gotten a reign with it. Maybe Starks would have got it back. It was going to bounce around a lot because I don't think anyone was going to go seven matches. Remember, that was a stipulation. You had seven matches. If you won seven matches as a champion, you would get a shot at the world's heavyweight champion, and I believe the TV title would be stripped and they would start all over. Um, uh, in the comments, I saw that uh, Kokushi said something along the lines of, you know, the, in the old days on Jim Crockett promotions, the TV title uh, would change on house shows just as often as it would change on television. And I think that's probably where they were going with it. But again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think that anyone knew then back in January that uh, wrestling shows would be put on pause for basically about six months. I don't think anyone really thought that Zicky Dice was going to have, you know, a 280-day reign because they couldn't defend the title. They couldn't have any matches. So um, in terms of putting him in the main event, I mean, you kind of had to to build up to this match. We needed I, – I don't think uh, – I, I don't think it would have done anyone good if they would have just had a match with Zicky Dice versus the Pope without a story behind it. Um, you know, the Zicky Dice said it during the show. What did this guy do to earn a title match? And to be honest, he really didn't earn that title match. But just like Zicky Dice didn't really earn that title match against Ricky Starks. So I felt like this was a way they were trying to build some continuity, try to build a storyline. And, you know, really the, the, the offices in NWA should be thanking Primetime Live for literally having these two, you know, Excellent changes, these two new champions. So we go from Aaron Stevens to Trevor Murdoch. We go from Zicky Dice to Elijah Burke. And now when NWA Power does restart, I mean, just like what DK was saying, you look at that new list of champions and it's a lot more formidable. It's a lot less indie. It's a lot more um, established. But uh, all in all, again, I really think that the match itself – I'm not gonna beat. I'm not gonna beat it up like you guys did for what it was. I was entertained uh, for six weeks now. I've been paying for these pay-per-views. I've been mostly happy with what I've got, um, and, and even in the things I didn't like, it wasn't enough for me to really complain too much about. I was happy with the show, and uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see what happens next with Zicky Dice. I don't even know if he's still gonna be a part of the NWA. I mean, he might head off to AEW. That was the rumor. Six months ago, uh, or actually like four months ago, back in June, he was going to head to AEW, and he had asked for his release. Maybe he's officially got it now. I don't know. But um, all in all, this show, to me, uh, again, I I'm still happy with my purchase. I'm not going to complain too much again uh, about it. Um, week in and week out, Dave Marquez Studios, yep. Primetime Live, gives me a stellar 90 minutes of television, uh, tele a wrestling television. Um, I have yet to be disappointed by my investment. 
you can all order this show on Fight TV for $7.99, or you can get the package. Uh, next week, we do have the return of the Bodega. Last week, I was calling them La Bodega, The Bodega, Pablo Esco, and Danny Limelight. They'll be here to take on the Real Money Brothers, the Big Suge and Clutch. We'll see the return of Pretty Peter Avalon as he takes on the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson in the first round of the United Wrestling Network World Championship Tournament. And also on the card, the much-anticipated rematch from AEW. We'll see a Thunder Rosa, this time defending the the Burke, the NWA Women's World Championship, against Serena Deeb. And, uh, of course, like uh, like always, we'll be doing that pre-party ahead of the pay-per-view at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. I hope you guys will join us. DKM, if they want to follow you on social media, how can they do it? You would want to follow me. <laughs> I, I do have one little counter-argument to you, though, and I'll give my Twitter information. Please. Storylines are important, but not every storyline is a main event story. That's true. That's fair. Uh, if you want to hear my wrestling, political, and Batman views, follow me on Twitter at DKMFWTX. And uh, Mr. Kevin Frazier, if folks would like to maybe watch some of your old wrestling matches or, or you know, maybe they have questions about uh, life in general, where can they find you on the socials? Um, well, right now you can definitely find me on Facebook, um, you know, Kevin L. Frazier. You can also find me on Instagram. Uh, Kevin Lee Frazier, all one word. If you want to watch some of my matches on uh, YouTube from back in the day, you can always go to Kevin Douglas, all one word, Kevin Douglas 247. And I've got a bunch of matches on there. I've also got links to matches from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, NWA, uh, all different kinds of stuff on there. And, uh, you know, one closing statement, too. Uh, about the the show, um, you know, just because some parts of the show I may not like, I have enjoyed each show that I've watched. And the one thing I can say, and I will continue to say, is as long as they're going to let wrestlers go out there and wrestle, um, you know, I'll take I'll take a few botched spots, I'll take a few storylines that I may not like, and I'll I'll deal with a few wrestlers that I may not uh, want to watch. But, man, if you're going to let me actually watch wrestling with no commercial breaks and just watch some wrestling, uh, especially some of these matches have turned out to be really good. Uh, I'm super stoked about the Fredericks and uh, Rosser match coming up. Uh, so there, there, there's so much to be desired on this show. Uh, and to me, I feel like it's by far worth the money to, 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 to subscribe. But at the same time, I'm going to have strong opinions. And, uh, and again, uh, I, that's just kind of who I am. But you guys really uh, – Order the show if you haven't watched it. At least give it one shot. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Again, I want to thank you all for joining us live. If you're watching this, the uh, replay of this, please leave a comment. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. If you did like the show, give it a thumbs up because that helps us with our uh, YouTube algorithm and, and Facebook al algorithms and, and, and Twitch and all that good stuff. Um, 
I'll be back tomorrow on Instagram Live with uh, Mr. Will Martin as part of the This is the NWA podcast where we do the hot tag. And I hope you guys will join us for that. Otherwise, we'll see you on Tuesday at part of the pre-party. Again, which leads you right into primetime live. Yep, yeah. Have we do we do we make our announcement about Oh Lord, no we didn't we didn't make the announcement, Kev. Kev, how we almost ended the show without making the announcement. Talk to me. Ladies and gentlemen. Next week. You want me to you want me to do it? Why don't you do it, Kev? Go for it, brother. So, uh, sorry. So, well, I'm on a little time. I'm on a little time delay for some reason. So I, I'll say something. It takes a second for it to register. Um, well, yeah. So for those of you watching, uh, we you asked for it. You got it. Uh, next week on October 28th at our normal time, we will have a special guest on the show. My good friend. Uh, in my opinion, the top heavyweight in uh, independent, non-signed by AEWWE Wrestling Today, uh, Alexander Hammerstone. He will be with us next week. And uh, so, yeah, you guys join in. Uh, feel free to jump on. Tell your friends about it. If you got questions for Hammerstone, uh, he'll be here with us. And, uh, you know, just uh, get, in, get in there and, and get some stuff from uh, the, the top, what I consider one of the top dogs in wrestling. Yeah, buddy. He is your MLW Openweight Champion. He is your PCW Ultra Heavyweight Champion. And he is currently the West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. You've seen him uh, twice now on the uh, Primetime Live. But if you join us next week, he will be with us. And we will be talking some Hammerstone. So uh, I just want to pump that up. And... uh. And I no disrespect Gary Horn over at the uh, This is the NWA podcast. This is what having the world junior heavyweight champion can do for you. I've got connections, and Kev's got connections. My connection is Kev. So that worked out very nicely for us. Uh, so we'll see Hammerstone next week. We'll see you guys next week. And until next time, we'll see you at the matches. Bye.